0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. horse Dodge diesel 3500 you can probably hear it I'm Andrew Edwards I'm the author of King of Dogs and um, in this first episode which is going to be mostly I suppose just for Patreon subscribers at this point I'm just going to do some housekeeping as they say Touch on one topic uh, that will lead to uh, probably at least two, maybe four other topics that are related. That kind of form the basis of um, not an entire worldview exactly, but certainly one slice of a worldview that I think is pretty appropriate for our times. I uh, I guess I always kind of wanted to do a podcast, but I also kind of wanted to avoid doing a podcast. I wanted to be Cormac McCarthy and do one interview every two or three decades and call it good, you know, just be a living legend. But, um, you know, that's probably not going to happen. And so I've kind of switched gears to. To admire another author named uh, James Elroy, who, if you don't know about James Elroy, definitely check him out. He's been around for a long time. He wrote L.A. Confidential, Black Dahlia, and probably a couple other big Hollywood movies, but he was a caddy in Los Angeles, too. Presumably very obnoxious, rich people for a long time as he published these sort of dime store type detective novels and um, you know lived in a little studio apartment with his dog for I mean seriously decades and then um, finally one of those novels I think it might have been LA Confidential caught fire and took off and then you know he was a made man after that and he would go to uh, readings and he would have this whole monologue where he would he would spend a pretty obnoxious amount of time like two or three solid minutes uh, touting what a complete badass he was and how he was the greatest living um, novelist maybe maybe novelist of all time i don't recall but in a way, you know, given his struggles and then his achievements, which again, check him out. Um, I don't think that anybody, as far as critics or whatnot, have, have really been able to even wrap their minds around what he's achieved, what he did. Um, and, uh, a lot of, you know, if guys were listening to this podcast, they probably would be into his stuff. Anyway, he he would call himself the devil dog. And that's just a long-winded way to say... I decided to do this podcast... Mostly because... It's probably the last opportunity to do a podcast... With any... Real coherence. And... um, I think maybe the timing is right. Because... Whatever exactly is going to happen in the next um, say three months to three years and honestly at this point it could be three days or three weeks Um, some new and utterly surprising you know quote surprising shit will come down and um, that part we know but we don't know the form what it will look like I personally um, have related this story to my wife. Um, the first draft of King of Dogs did actually have a vaccination component. And, um, you know, that was the trigger for the whole setting of a pre apocalyptic sort of scenario. And I ended up, after many drafts, or maybe half the drafts that I did, yanked it um, because it seemed seemed kind of obvious, but not in the sense like, um, "Oh, this is definitely going to happen, but uh, you know, guys like um, William Cooper uh, the Pale Horse guy Alex Jones, of course they had talked about this for I mean, again probably decades and so it felt kind of derivative and unoriginal to to keep that in there but And that's to say, I didn't really see it coming. I didn't, I thought it was, I mean, maybe, but here we are. So we're facing a situation where we know the, like, general direction. We know it's north. It's not south. It's not east. It's not, which is to say, we're not going up. Things are not about to get wildly better um, and more cohesive. Uh, the one side is not about to drop their opinions about the other and walk away, I don't think. Um, I think that's incredibly unlikely. So, we're facing a kind of um, anxious, tenuous uncertainty. And, you know, what I can say about that is I've thought about this for a long, long time, many years, and I've arrived at this thing that I called you know just privately to myself uncertaintism and we're living in this constant uncertainty and some of that you know is probably native to just being human on the planet but a large part of it is not it is entirely intentional and it's created through a whole elaborate array of psychological operations for proof on that, just see Michael Hoffman, um, Secret Societies and Psychological Operations, and then his new one, Twilight Language, two of the probably most important books that I've ever read. And, um, having a fair bit of experience with, uh, PTSD, trauma, these sorts of things, um, had some help digging my way through those experiences. Um however, largely you do it, you know, by yourself. It's like addiction, you decide this shit's not going on any longer and that's just that. And so what I can give you in a quick and dirty fashion right now is that whatever happens will likely reduce you and everybody around you to a can a condition where you're going to have to think in black and white, up and down, um, left or right, good, bad, these type of typical binaries, because you're not you're not going to be in a context and a routine where the nuance where you norm, that you normally experience in your day-to-day life. You know, you can take a slightly different way to work or you can shake up your workout routine. Um, you know, you can have a different type of coffee in the morning, whatever. All of those very subtle variations that you would make in an otherwise pretty stable routine. You know, hey, a bunch of them might remain, that would be fantastic I would love to still be able to brew Stumptown cold brew coffee um, and wake up every morning and enjoy that and if that happens well, you know, maybe the rest of the day will follow from that but if your day does not go the way you want and then weeks don't go the way you want people around you are starting to shit their pants in, you know, psychological, obviously, but in eventually physical, kinetic sorts of ways. My opinion is that, that, you know, no matter how cool you may be now, are in a new normal already, but I, I don't know that the next new normal is going to be quite as familiar. And if it's not, and you find yourself in this uncertain mental and physical space, my advice to you is that if you can reduce things to yes, no, not well, I'll, I'll think about it. Or, yeah, I kind of want to do that, but maybe I'll have to get back to it. Just yes, no. And black and white. And, yeah, there's a danger to that. And the danger is unavoidable. My belief is that when you find yourself in a survival situation, if you are able to pause as the British say and have a cup of tea and think about the situation think about what you're going to do what resources you have and don't have and like a ritual force yourself to stop when you want to run, don't run when you want to take off and buy some more ammo at the store or whatever you your thing is going to be Signals um, a reaction of some type. Don't do that if you can avoid it, and have the proverbial or metaphorical cup of tea, and attempt to reduce things, boil out the nuance as much as as much as possible. All right, so that's kind of point one. Point two. Uh, quickly is in reference to this thing that I call the mold and I stole that from Carlos Castaneda who probably stole it from somebody else because he stole almost everything from somebody else and um, I'm realizing right now how loud that um, MM3 tuned diesel is and I'm just gonna leave it because I like it I won't probably do it on the next one. Anyway, um, the mold, as simply as I can put it, is the physical result of psychic or psychological programming over time. The physical result. So it's your posture, habituated breathing and heart rate, digestion, neural pathways, gut biota, fascia buildup, Muscular tics, facial expressions—it's everything that makes you feel normal, as normal as you know, whatever that's relative, you may feel. And the reason this matters is because when you enter this state of uncertainty, and yeah, we're all by degrees—we're already in an obvious state of uncertainty uh, those of us who whose antennae are maybe a little more sensitive there's a lot of people I'm looking out my windshield at them at the pizza place and the Mexican place in the grocery store and they sense it but they can't accept it you know so hopefully if you're listening to this, well beyond that, and um, you know, you're looking at uh, the brink, the edge of something. So, what's going to happen when this uncertainty,ism, abs- like genuinely washes over you, is the mold, all of these physical, muscular ways and habits and loops that you have built over years to stabilize you and again you know, uh, even in the best of times, in the most natural, there's still uncertainty and nature and God are doing everything that they can to recenter and ground you and those have all been distorted by uh, take for example I think it's eight or ten thousand hours that you sit in a chair as a child the way that that distorts all the muscles around your hips your lower body and therefore you know your core your digestion is incalculable Um, you know maybe we could go find some aboriginals and do some tests but I don't think we need to just sitting for that, for that length of time, and then you know, forget about all the sitting and just sedentary behavior we engage in as adults. Uh, that stuff is locked in, and so when circumstances force you to press beyond whatever limitations these these fascia buildups, uh, you know, your digestive quote needs what you think you need to eat versus what you can actually get by on now is the time or maybe two years ago or four was the time to gently acquaint yourself with going without Um, fasting as we say in the orthodox church is essential and I know a lot of guys are engaged in fasting and then they have a full refrigerator and a suite of supplements and you know organic food to to turn to the entire time and if you can secure it secure it I'm not saying don't I'm not saying I haven't I'm just saying that as the uncertainty washes over you the mold that you have unconsciously given over to you've done it no matter if. If you are an MMA fighter and have been training physically, um, I think you're going to have a huge advantage, but I will guarantee you as well that you have a mold. You're going to start missing the gym. You're going to find that you are psychologically dependent in one way or another on that release that you gain from that. That sense of um, psychological well-being, for sure. And a sense of identity. And when the identity starts to shift away, the mold takes over in a major way. So, um, related to this, there's this point about how, you know, we don't really think. uh, In preparing for this podcast, you know, it took me quite a while to sort of gather things together to the point where I felt like. With some notes, I can I can get this across in audio. Um, you know, it's it's suggested. I think it's pretty much true. I think this is what prayer is. You know, we sort of float a, a dream, an idea, a hope out there, and our subconscious mind picks up on that. And the real work of thinking and laying out a plan is done way behind the the mental. that's the type of stuff that if the mold takes over forget about it it's not happening and um, this idea that we think about much you know is Jordan Peterson has talked about this I don't remember when I first came across it many many years ago uh, I think actually now I'm reminded that my dad brought it up to me he was reading some it was the Tibetan Book of the Dead and or somebody's commentary on it or something like that, which is not a normal thing for my dad to read, but um, it struck me then as true and it's, it's proved true over the years and um, the way it relates to the mold uncertainty, etc um, is breathwork So the postural, digestive, fascia buildups, yeah, get to it. We might have two or three more years of relative um, comfort, relative normalcy. And if we do, thank God. If we don't, you know, okay, time to handle it. In either case, the way that you break the mold is one over time but if you don't have time it's you know it's still the same there's urgency no matter how you look at it some people you know if they have a lot of time they're just going to take a lot of time and piss it away uh, as father seraphim rose likes to remind us it's much later than we think and in our case in this day very late September of 2021. It's pretty late in the Civilizational game, at least the American Empire game uh, for certain. So I put up the post on Patreon uh, for the subscribers. I'm going to continue to hone it and I'll probably end up making some type of you know, quick guide that can be Downloaded, or you can take a screenshot of it or something. There's probably resources like this out there already. Um, but I'm not trying to do the, you know, emergency uh, go to your phone and find the picture where Andrew Edwards told you how to breathe in, you know, a 4-4 cadence. Uh, I think they call it tactical or combat breathing. If you haven't practiced tactical or combat breathing, which is just in for four, out for four, etc. You can spin it over to like hold for four on the exhale and the inhale. Five is better. Ideally, I think you're trying to have between four and five breaths a minute is what they say the average person uh, should shoot for. That's going to create a re-sort of boot balance in your central nervous system. But the point was, if you have not familiarized yourself with how that works, it will not work. You're already, the shit has already hit the fan. You have you have already kicked off all of those fight or flight chemicals they are rushing through your bloodstream, uh, seating themselves in your muscles, everything's tight, and you're not even familiar with how to, like, where they're tight, you know? Uh, The benefit of yoga, there's probably a a lot of them, but now's not the time. I can go through them another time. Maybe that'll be um, in pilot two. But one main benefit is you definitely, you know, say in a year or six months' work, will come to recognize what parts of your body are habitually, constantly tense, where you're holding your tension. Real quick, for men and women, I think it's mostly in your hips, in your shoulders, in your neck, in your jaw. Uh, everybody does funny stuff with like the arches of their feet or their hands or one side of the jaw or one side of the neck, one side of the hips. So if you're not familiar with what the relaxation feels like, you know, you have no baseline from which to work. And similarly, if the shit hits the fan and you... You are genuinely panicking, which is going to happen. Um, For maybe not the first time, maybe not the first day. Um, It might have nothing to do with fighting. It might have nothing to do with uh, scrapping in the street. That's this is the thing: is this is a five-dimensional, three hundred and sixty-degree assault on every aspect of everything, including, you know, one of those assaults is to come if it's not already from your own mind. And in this type of total war, your only, your only recourse is to go inward. And if you're not at least familiar enough with the inner landscape to Gain control to, one, recognize that you are out. Um, You are off the reservation. And, you know, the ego kicks in. You're probably telling everybody that you're on fire. And you're in total control. And now Dunning-Kruger is rearing its ugly head. And you are not. And you are making mistakes. And those mistakes compound. And, you know, if if you do have to face some emergency situation right out of the gate uh, it's probably going to turn into a, it's going to snowball and be worse you might get lucky, God might favor you he's favored me and um, you know I can't claim that every every situation that I've been in was pretty and men that I've talked to you know, who have done all sorts of things like Put knives into other people and blown them up overseas have told me similar stories. So, you know, that's kind of the ego. And if, we, if you're stuck there, you're probably fucked, just to be honest with you. So, don't get stuck there. And if you haven't developed this familiarity with the inner landscape, and then and that's your mind, that's your connection to the inhale to the exhale then you're going to have a problem so check out the breathwork work post and if it's too esoteric for you you know there's, there there's a ton of people that are offloading this stuff into the onto the internet now the best that I know of is Brian McKenzie he has this company called Shift, um, Shift Movement, or something like that. Google Brian McKenzie, breathing, and it'll come up. Watch his videos. In an hour, is time you can grab the basics. You can. He has a test where you can get a baseline on your your particular CO2, O2 gas exchange situation don't get you know too hung up on that where I would get hung up on and put your effort into immediately would be what they call coherence breathing in that context, it's the same thing as tactical and combat breathing 4 in, 4 out, but go for 5 in, and then go for 5 in, 15 out Uh, and play around with it until you realize, like I did that two breaths a minute is actually ideal. Mackenzie says one breath for him is ideal to bring it all back down and you know, if this is striking you as bullshit um, then go with God you know, go with God I I hope that you are okay if it strikes you as, you know, uh, potentially useful even, then definitely check it out. My opinion, just my opinion, is that it will be, it can, uh, you know, it has been, for me, the difference between life and death, quite literally, and, um, anyway, kind of winding it up here on the, um. Pilot episode of the War Horse podcast. Um, we'll go more into the mold specifically. I think uh, there's a ton to it because it's the interface between it's how to your interface between the world and your mind. And if we if we do live in a situation, which I believe we do, where the mind it might not be all the connotations might not be applicable, but, you know, suffice to say for here that the non-material mind is primary. And so if you have, quote, as we say, lost your mind, lost your shit, um, what would that say in philosophical terms? Where would you be? Um, that's kind of an interesting question to me. So in closing... um you know, like I said, this one might be free, um, you know, to get the word out. I am a father, I'm a husband, I'm an Orthodox Christian. I'm just a dude who wrote a book that took me 10 years and damn near cost me my life. It absolutely cost me, um, an enormous amount. And I know that some of you have got it. You, it. was there was communication that happened there every time that reviews are left or you send me a DM, uh, it really is hugely valuable and I greatly appreciate the support. Um, hope you can hear my voice that I mean that. Um, on that note, closing, if you guys, whoever you are, and gals, of course, though I think there's like maybe two that purchased the book, one of them is my sister, and the other one um, is probably just a big hearted girl who wanted to do a favor for a a guy, I don't know who she is. But um, if you have ideas, suggestions, comments, things you want an episode to be about. Uh, you want the warhorse to take on drag up the hill? Let me know, please, because I, you know, I don't have sometimes I have 6 hours a day to ponder it, but usually I don't. And if you guys have great suggestions and they're they're appreciated and I will probably run with them if you care to help get the word out in any possible way however, whatever you know, tell your buddy or post it to your social uh, it would be greatly appreciated the timing like I I said at the outset is such that I hope this podcast can continue as we kind of um, start taking bigger and weirder bends in the Metaphorical road going forward. Um, maybe that's where God wants me to to place my my efforts as far as you know finding a place in the world. Writing has done that. It continues to do that. Um, I do have you know a second novel. It's been in the works again for a long time, like eight years it's not going to come out anytime soon. That's not how I do things. You can see in the Patreon posts that, you know, anytime I, uh, move on things without just letting them stew forever, they're loaded with all sorts of weirdness. They're, they're sometimes almost, um, incomprehensible, you know? So all that said, this is the podcast. Um, I hope you guys got something out of this. If you did, great. And um, I don't have a uh, like a sign-off yet, but we'll work on it. Over now.